Welcome back to another episode of the Real Estate Playbook. Uh, this week's guest is Brett Howes. Brett, how are you doing this week? I'm doing pretty good. Awesome, man. Well, I'm, I'm glad that you uh, were able to make time to kind of come on down and be on this week's podcast. Absolutely. So, Brett, you know, one thing we like to do is kind of uh, to start the podcast is to kind of start from the beginning. You know, why don't you tell us a little bit about what kind of sparked the interest in real estate? What got the the juice is kind of going in your mind where you started mulling it over and thinking that, hey, you know what, this could be a pretty good career. Right. Um, so I pretty much sold my home in 2020 in Indiana um, and decided that I was going to move to Florida. And it was right in the middle of really like when real estate was popping off, like everything was really going. Prices were crazy. But um, after selling my home, after buying it and selling my home for the first time, in less than six months. Um, it really sparked my interest how like I worked with my realtor that I had, um, just the whole process of it. And, you know, I mean, just as important, like the money portion of it, um, kind of making my own schedule and, you know, working with different people. You know, it's not like a day to day nine to five. It's, you know, every client's going to be different. And it's like working with each client and then every situation is going to be a little different. So that kind of is what sparked my interest. Um, that, and like I said, the, uh, how the market was booming, you know, I was like, well, I'd be crazy not to get into this. So that's, Absolutely. yeah. Awesome, man. So you kind of <clears throat> got into it by your personal experience, you know, just kind of going through the buying and selling process, seeing what your real estate agent was doing, kind of, got you know you think it'd be like hmm this is something i might be interested in yeah awesome man so prior to real estate so when you're buying and selling you're in indiana what was your previous occupation what were you doing before so i worked for a community action program um, that was a non-for-profit for the state um, one thing that i specifically did was um, housing and i worked with um, u.s department of housing and urban development hud and i did the inspections for them like i went okay. into people's homes made sure that everything was working, made sure that the, you know, the homes were safe and sufficient for people and families. Um, and then a little bit into that, I also took on a role with a weatherization program. So that was also through the community action. And what we did was we went into people's homes, we did energy audits, and we ran like systems in the house to make sure that they were producing at a, a, you know, a good level, efficient level, and try to save people money by either adding like insulation, tightening up the windows, um, all kinds of different things. And then what, when there was a nonprofit, were there grants or something yes, given? Yeah. So Yeah, everything was through, uh, was through HUD. Uh, we applied through the state, and then we also applied through um, like government assistant. Um, and yeah, that's what, that's what supported all those programs. Awesome, man. So then were you able to kind of take some of that knowledge? I know obviously, you know, Indiana, you, re you buy and sell, you kind of come down, you relocate to Florida. You know, it's going to be a little bit, Every state's going to have its different logistics. Plus, you know, when it comes to like inspection and stuff, I'm sure there's going to be different spe specifications. Like here, you know, we're dealing more hurricanes, flooding in Indiana. I'm assuming exactly. possible tornadoes, yep. some cold weathers at different times. Um, did that experience from kind of inspecting the homes and working with HUD help you uh, get into success at a quicker pace compared to most agents? And did you have that knowledge and background to where you were, when you're out showing homes, you kind of were already versed in some of this stuff? Yeah, I think that it definitely helped. It was kind of a stepping stone, I think, into real estate. It really helped to have those uh, inspection background um, because now when I go into a house and show it, that's the first thing I do. I'm looking at things. I'm looking at the air handler. I'm looking at um, 
like the windows, I'm looking at the roof, you know, I'm looking at all these things that I would normally do uh, in an inspection. So yeah, it was definitely a help. It was kind of like a step, you know, just to have that knowledge and verbiage of, you know, what certain things were and kind of knowing the parts of the house. Um, and I think that that did help because, um, yeah, several transactions or several showings I've gone to, I'm like eyeing stuff, getting prepared for it. Um, and it's kind of helped me be able to write a contract to kind of ask for those things up front because I know, you know when it comes inspection time, they're going to come up. So I just want to kind of get ahead of it. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, so in my previous experience prior to real estate was mortgage and insurance background. So I had that knowledge. And what I felt that allowed me to do get in success quicker is create a degree of separation. So, right. you know, a lot of agents kind of going and buying. One thing that you're doing that most agents aren't is you're able to kind of visually inspect a house based on your previous occupations. With mine, it was more of like I know the pre-qualifications to ask. I go over different loan products based on the knowledge that I had. If it's insurance stuff, I knew what reports they were going to need, you know, right. what, what the different flood zones met, were, um, kind of explain that to them if they need the loan ladder or whatever to kind of get out of that flood insurance. I knew how to go about pulling that from the county and stuff from my previous occupations. So I feel that, you know, a lot of agents kind of come in, you're obviously accelerating at a quicker pace. And I think some of that's probably from your past endeavors. I think it helps. Yeah, um, definitely. Just working in housing in general, I was in all kinds of different homes, you know, condos, apartments, stuff like that. So it gave me kind of a little bit of more of a, an understanding of what, um, you know, like kind of the systems of the house and stuff, like I previously said. So yeah, I definitely think that it helped. And I think too, just having, you know, a lot of people, you can find your homes online, a lot of buyers can shop online. So our expertise really comes from things that you, I think nowadays you don't see online, it's just your knowledge, um, kind of navigating them through the process. And one thing that I also think kind of helps is, you know, when you get an inspection report back, uh, sometimes they're not the prettiest thing, you know, and a lot of right. times they alarm the buyer, but you kind of taking on more of a consultant role can kind of govern, I guess, the temperament from the emotional, like, oh my gosh, chicken little, the, the sky's falling. If an agent doesn't have that knowledge of how to kind of talk the buyer off a ledge, right, right, um, they might lose the deal, but you can be like, no, that's okay. This is what it means. Type right. Thing. Yeah. And so. I always try to give them like just kind of rough estimates too. I'm like, you know, um, like one house, the water heater was bad and the buyer immediately was like, I don't know, you know? And I said, well, we'll talk to the seller. I mean, a water heater for the size of that home was like $500, you know, mm -hmm. more than likely we can get the seller to, you know, cover that cost because, mm -hmm. you know, it's existing. Um, so yeah, I mean, I definitely think there's things that come in the inspection report that yeah. buyers kind of get really startled by, but I mean, a lot of things other than if it's not like structural or anything like that. I think there's a lot of things that we can kind of overcome mm -hmm. in the transaction. So I agree a hundred percent. So you kind of got into real estate, you're, you know, from buying and selling, you're coming to Florida, you have a visualization in mind, what it's going to be like. I always like to ask this question. What's the one thing you did not expect when you got into the business? Um, well, um, I didn't expect the driving around <laughs> going from one place to another place. You know, I spend a lot of time in the car, doing showings, um, you know, I might have four or five showings a day and they might be scattered all around the Tampa area. Um, and that was one thing I didn't really expect. Um, and just, I guess, uh, being able to handle everything, like not getting overwhelmed with clients, like only taking a certain amount of clients at one time. That way I make sure that I'm focusing on them and their needs. Give them a level of service. Yeah, so making sure that I'm, you know, being attentive to them 
But yeah, the biggest thing that I didn't expect was to be traveling from place to place and, you know, um, just driving a lot. So. so was it, do you think it's more of like an Indiana thing, like in Florida buyers, because we're dealing with a lot of people relocating, a lot of people second homes, you know, a lot more showings or, or do you think it was just unique to your experience? Like when you were buying and selling, you didn't go out to see that many homes. You, you kind of did most of your research online. So you're like, hey, most people are like this. Yeah. And I had a really set area. Um, and even in my experience, when I moved to Florida, I really kind of did a lot of background, a lot of research. I wanted to find an area that was a little smaller, mm-hmm. you know, not right in the heart of Tampa. I did want to be close to Tampa and I did want to be on the West Coast. But, um, you know, I, I did a lot of research and background to really kind of find it to a specific area. And then it was kind of a leap of faith, really, mm-hmm. too, because I, I'm basically relocating. I know nothing about the area. That was another thing with real estate that was kind of, I guess, difficult was um, getting to know the area pretty quickly, getting more familiar. Uh, We've been down here for almost two years now, and I think I've got a good hand on where things are, uh, where locations are. And I think that definitely helps. Um, So being an out-of-state buyer and coming down, I can, you know, I can familiarize with uh, other people and their experience. I'd be like, hey, I did this a couple years ago. I get it. Um, You want to find a certain area. And I, that's another thing that I try to do with the buyers out of state. I kind of really find what they're looking for, what price range, and then I give them the options. Well, this is a good area. This is a good area. And kind of like hone in on those mm-hmm. that I think is going to best fit their needs. Yeah, absolutely. And kind of concentrate a little bit more probably on location and lifestyle than just driving around without kind of prepping or exactly. you're, you're going to multiple places. So, yeah, that makes perfect sense. And then obviously, you know, the market shifts a little bit year over year. Um, still having inventory constraints, you know, getting back to multiple offers, um, you know, buyers kind of seems that, you know, interest rates are kind of leveling off. Uh, Buyers are accepting the rates. We're really not dealing with that like we did third, fourth quarter of last year as much. What's one thing like you're right now, but like you're doing for yourself to ensure that you're going to be able to maintain and continue the success you have now, but also continue to expand on that? Um, I mean, the biggest thing that I found is, um, Working with, yeah, I've, I've worked with several buyers and I'm getting a lot more word of mouth. That mm-hmm. That's really kind of what's helping is getting my name out there, um, letting them know, you know, making sure that my clients have a good experience, you know, let them know that I really am representing them uh, and I have their, you know, I have their um, best, <laughs> you know, I have that at heart, you mm-hmm. know, like I have their best interests. So, um, you know, that's really kind of helped and uh, just, you know, uh, a lot of things is being consistent, staying in communication, and I think that's really, really helped with mm-hmm. the client, you know, with with my clients and 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 people, just so they kind of know that I'm there. Mm-hmm. So even if they're not buying, you know, until six months from now, even a year from now, and I have clients that are like that, mm-hmm. and um, it's just staying in contact with them. It's being consistent and and letting them know, hey, I'm still here. Whenever you're ready, I'm ready. Right, absolutely. Because you're you're on essentially their clock now. They're not on exactly. yours. Yeah. So it sounds like to me is, if I'm hearing it correctly, you're you're just have a better understanding of the follow up process and the humanizing of the experience. Where it's not like hey, if they're not going to show home, I'm not going to reach out until they're ready. Right. You're kind of wor- you're you're working on developing these re- those relationships, building strong relationships, making sure that you're ready when they're you know up when it's almost like hey they're ready to kind of go um start looking at homes or list their home for sale and in addition to that from what i'm hearing is by kind of going deeper with the relationships from 
the people you're working with, whether through leads or whatever means you're getting it, right. you're also now developing your personal branding and picking up referrals from them because you're exactly. working on those relationships. Exactly. And that's, I mean, that's an important part and that's really how you build your business. Um, and that's kind of what I was told from the beginning. Yeah. And that's kind of now I'm starting to see, see that. It. I'm starting to experience that. So, Absolutely. you know, you treat somebody fairly, you do right by them, you get them a good deal. Um, you know, you, you help them buy their house and then you find, well, I, now I have a sister that's buying or I have a sister that's mm-hmm. selling or I have a brother. So, I mean, it's, it's definitely, um, that's what I'm looking at expanding on. That's where I see the future kind of going, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and helping people, like I said, that I'm familiar with, especially if I had a good experience with them, um, and then like their family name. or friends. Yeah. 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 And I mean, it's definitely the right path to go. And I think you just kind of keep building and expanding on that and, and amount of time you'll be kind of word of mouth referral only, which is the most rewarding and I feel most profitable business as well. Yeah. Absolutely. Awesome, man. So then, you know, one of the things I see agents struggle with, especially when you're coming kind of um, from working that with the development or the community uh, nonprofit you're with over there in Indiana, uh, you kind of working with HUD, going through these programs. I got to think you had a more regimented schedule. You had management kind of overseeing your hours, making sure you're working during those hours. One of the things a lot of agents struggle, with, especially the ones who are coming from like a W-2 employee environment or like the self-discipline, working, kind of creating a schedule, maintaining it, and almost like a work-life balance. What are some tips or tricks that you develop through your short time in real estate that help? Because correct me if I'm wrong, you have four kids? Four kids, So, yeah. So obviously you're busy, I have four as well. So, you know, the kids do take up a lot of time and you got to create that balance. But obviously you're still working your ass off. So what are some things you put in place to help make you efficient and be able that you could accomplish everything in your personal, family, and business life? The biggest thing that I found is I put everything into my calendar, everything. I mean, doctor's appointments, um, appointments with clients, anything that I know that I'm gonna be doing, I put it in my calendar. Mm -hmm. And I definitely feel like that's been more like of a disciplined, uh, it's really helped me kind of disciplined because yeah, at the beginning of being an agent, I'm like, I have all this free time. You know, I was scheduling appointments, but you know, I was also, had some time, some some space between, and that time should have been time that I should have been, you know, following up with past clients or trying to pursue new clients. And I found myself kind of slacking off of that and kind of just, you know, really not putting all the focus in. Cause yeah, it's easy to get distracted. I mean, when you're out on the road and you mm-hmm. show a house and then you're done, you know, what do you do after that? Right. Um, so I put like office time into my calendar. I, I set back, you know, um, like six hours a week. Um, or well, really like two to two to four hours a day of office time that I'm like, I'm going to be at my laptop. This is pre-scheduled time. I'm going to be in there talking to my past clients or talking to future clients. Um, and booking yeah, booking showing, making sure like if I have somebody set up like on a home search, that's not quite re- yet ready to buy. Um, I have them set up on a search, you know, I'll go in there and refresh that search every, you know, couple weeks just to try to make sure uh, at least twice a month to make sure that they're still getting relevant homes. Mm-hmm. Um, because a lot of times, you know, if they have a certain criteria and you're on a search, you know, some of the times, you know, it may not always refresh correctly or you might not get as good as um, results as you did when you first searched. And, and another thing to, to kind of expand on that a little bit, the search is so broad. Like if you start to notice characteristics where you can make it more granular, it's gonna do two things. One, it's gonna make, get a better chance of them not unsubscribing, going elsewhere because you're showing more properties that they wanna see. But two, it's also going to prevent you from showing homes 
right. that they're probably not going to buy because yeah. you kind of see a pattern when you're kind of reverse engineering and kind of looking at the homes that they're favoring and they're liking. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they'll they'll usually, and I'll always ask my clients, you know, out of the list that I sent you, which ones do you like? And I kind of pick things out of those and I'm like, okay, well, I know they like, you know, like the Mediterranean style. I know they like a three bedroom. I know they like homes with pools, you know, so then that helps kind of narrow down the criteria because yeah again i'm not showing them homes that they're that they're not going to like right right um or no, even if i'm out on a sense. showing i can tell them like hey you know what did you like about the home what did you not like mm-hmm. and that's been you know the feedback i think is the biggest part i think that really helps um i think people see that you are interested in, in wanting to help them and and kind of narrow down so um that that's helped a lot yeah yeah i couldn't agree more i mean my biggest takeaway from what i'm hearing is you're very disciplined, almost militant to your calendar, regardless of what it is that's going in there. And not only are you making sure to utilize your calendar, but you're also saying discipline, holding yourself accountable to know, hey, these office hours, uh, and I always call it a degree of separation. And real estate's not like one big thing where it's like one big change and all of a sudden you're in success. It's just the compound of all these little things that most agents end up skipping out on. So the fact that you're plugging in the two to four hours a day ensuring that hey all my tasks are being completed right all my everything i need to get done everybody i need to respond to if i need to get a cma out if i need to schedule showings if i need to look at a home search if i need to refine a home search whatever it might be that's getting done in my calendar by being disciplined to it ensures that i don't miss a beat right right and i still have a lot of improvement to do it's it's hard time is one of those things it's just you really can't control Mm -hmm. you know you get sidetracked or something happens with something else and then you get pulled away from what you're doing um I'm trying to get back into it to where I'm like, if I know that I miss 30 minutes of my, my office time or what I consider office time or whatever, I try to make it up elsewhere because absolutely. I mean, I'm going to have to. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more. So, you know, obviously Brett, you're, you're being a newer agent, getting success quicker. There's a lot of agents. Some, you know, they might be on the fence right now thinking about getting licensed. Other, others are licensed for a short time, not getting the results they thought they'd have, or maybe they've been licensed quite some time and they're struggling. They're not, you know, they had a vision that they'd be doing a lot more production and working with a lot more clients, and they're really not. What's the one bit of advice? Like, if you were to kind of share one thing with a struggling or new agent, uh, what would it be to focus on uh, getting started in the real estate career? You really just have to keep plugging forward because I've I've ran into a couple of roadblocks that I really thought, you know, business kind of slowed down, really kind of got, you know, def- felt really defeated in it. Um, but it's just like that persistence. I don't know if it was more of like, you know, nothing was coming through and I was getting kind of, you know, upset, but it's just like, continue pushing forward. Mm-hmm. Like, um, you know, the, the more clients you meet, the more people that you put your face in front of, like that's the more people. And again, it's going to kind of spread, um, letting people know, Hey, I'm in real estate. I can help you with that. I can help you buy, sell, you know, um, one thing that I found a lot is I'm working with some kind of vacant land. And a lot of people, you know, a lot of agents I see, they don't really want to mess with that. They just feel like it's a lot more work. And it is, and it can be, um, because you never know um, how it's going to work out. Like if uh, if it's the land's buildable or not, you know, that's a couple situations that I've ran into. Um, but it's just keep plugging forward. It's mm-hmm. just, you know, you just have to be consistent. And you just have to keep like, um, you know, your name out there. And you uh-huh. have to, you know just really try to it's it's a goal that you work for i you know myself for this year i didn't set my goal too high i set it realistically but Mm -hmm. you know of course i would want to do more than what my goal is but i'm i'm setting it i'm being realistic now Mm -hmm. because i thought you know when i started the money was just going to roll in 
not the case. You know, of course, there's there's times that you struggle. You know, it's kind of an up and down thing. So, um, yeah, just just being persistent, just following a schedule and uh, keeping up with your people. Yeah, I'm going to sum it up by one word: perseverance. Uh, that's what I'm hearing. You're you're persevere. You're gonna. It's gonna. There's gonna be highs. There's gonna be lows. Um, don't get attached to the results. Um, when when you're at that low, just keep trucking along. And even if you're you know, not having the success you want and maybe the momentum isn't coming as quick as you wanted it, you, you gotta keep moving forward. Don't just stop, become stagnant. Even if it's not at the pace you're accepting or wanting, just kind of keep moving forward, pressing along, eventually it's gonna come. Yep. Awesome, man. Well, awesome. Well, Brett, we greatly appreciate you coming down uh, for this week's podcast. Uh, if there's any buyer or seller here in the Bay Area, whether it's, you know, it's Pasco, Pinellas, Hillsboro, Sarasota, Manatee County, whichever it might be, uh, what's the best way to get a hold of you? We're going to share this on social media as well, but if you could share with the audience the best uh, number to reach you on to call or text, and also the best email address to reach out to you on. Okay, so my email is brett, B-R-E-T-T, dot house, H-O-W-E-S, at 54realty.com, and then my cell phone number is 352-877-5083. All right. Well, Brett, thanks so much, man. It was great having you on this week's podcast. Appreciate it. Oh, thank you. (laughs) And we appreciate all of you for tuning in to another episode of the Real Estate Playbook.